We're back again and continuing our discussion on Roth conversions. This week, we are going to talk about how much you should convert to Roth this year should you max out your current tax bracket or the next or go all out and cover it all. And what about Irma? Welcome to Label on Fire with Label Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Label on Fire. So Label, last week we talked about how to know if a Roth conversion makes sense. Now let's talk about how much we should convert. I'm wondering, Label, is there some kind of magical formula you use? I know it's not magical, but it seems like it at times. I've heard a lot of people talk about different strategies. What's your first, what's your second, what's your third strategy? So when it comes to figuring out how much to convert, the question, the the fundamental question is really what's going to have the biggest impact on our financial security, right? And it's what's going to have the impact on our financial security in the next 10 years. And then the years I really like to look at is between age 80 and age 90. And the reason for that is because during those years, sorry, between age 80 and age 100. And the reason for that is that's where your required minimum distributions start to skyrocket, right? Almost everyone I see can make it through to age 80, no problem. Age 85, things start to deteriorate, and that's where that compounding impact of these decisions of you max out the Roth conversion, you were fine until age 85, but then all of a sudden things start to go haywire because the compounding differences, right, the the 15, 20 years of compounding growth or loss of growth starts to really catch up to you. So the questions that I always ask, right? So number one, if we're in something like the 12% tax bracket, then I always recommend, you know, almost always recommend maxing out that for conversions. Because the way I look at it is 12%, we know taxes are going to go up. I doubt the 12% tax bracket is going to stay long-term, right? Uh, The lowest tax bracket has been higher in the past. Um, is almost certainly going to be higher into the, in the future. So I think that's a worthwhile bet to make, right? Um, now, going beyond the 12% tax bracket, that starts to become dicey because now we're talking about 22%, right? So if I'm giving you 20, if I'm taking a 22% loss on all my money up front, that's a big hurdle for me to overcome, right? I need to have like almost a 50% return in order to, get back to even. That's That takes a long time, right? That's a lot of money. And I'm doing all of that for the potential to save money on taxes down the road, which if I know for sure that based on how the tax system is set up right now the, and where my income is going to be adjusted for inflation in the future, that I'm probably going to be in the 22% tax bracket, then that's a reasonable assumption to make. That depending on my outlook, maybe I'll max out the 22. And then if you're doing 22, you might as well do 24% and look at that because 2% more, that's nothing when you're in the grand scheme of things. But the real question becomes, right, is how does that impact my financial security long term? How does that impact my lifestyle long term, right? We need to know the answers to those questions. Because just because we're saving money on taxes now, just because it means that in the future we can pull the money out tax-free, does not mean that we're going to have more money at the end of the day. It doesn't mean that we're going to have more money to fund our lifestyle. 
And if we have expenses up front, we, that, that can be catastrophic for us, right? I don't want you, let's say you have a million bucks. I don't want you giving $200,000 to the IRS on the hopeful bet that at some point in the future, you're going to save more than that in taxes. That's uh, that's an interesting uh, perspective there. We're, everybody, we're talking with Label Sternbach. He's Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety. So you mentioned maxing out uh, your current tax bracket. What are the pros and cons of maxing it out? And why would you want, even want to go to the next tax bracket? I know earlier you said, what's another 2%? How would you answer that? Yes. So the reason for maxing out your current tax bracket is, well, you're already in in this tax bracket right now. And chances are, right, if you're in it right now, unless you're still earning money, unless you're still working and you're getting a paycheck, chances are you're probably going to stay in that relative zone of income throughout your retirement. So if we think taxes are going to go up in the future, which, I mean, almost everybody thinks taxes have to go up in the future, then why would we assume we would be in a lower tax bracket down the road? So that's the argument Right. And it's not necessarily a dollar and cents argument. Right. Because if you map it out and you do the math, you may be like, oh, I'm paying more in taxes to convert the current tax bracket. But we know rationally, logically, we know the taxes are probably going to increase. Right. There's a high probability of that happening. And by the way, I, I don't know if you've been following the what's been happening with the treasuries, but we're starting to see some of those signs of stress that I've talked about on the podcast before that would be the precursor to taxes having to increase. And one of those precursors, one of those things is that the federal government cannot refinance their debt at affordable interest rates. And right now, the treasury, the, the auctions on treasuries, which is how the federal government refinances their debt has been the lowest it's been in a very long time because people aren't don't have the same appetite to buy their debt, especially at these interest rates when they can get better elsewhere. Or the big buyers like China just don't want money leaving their country. And so they're not rebuying, right? They're letting their treasuries mature and they're not replacing them. So where when that happens, the federal government, when they can't get money from outside, they're going to have to get it internally, right? At some point, taxes have to go up. I, I think that's a given. The mm-hmm. question is, what are you going to experience? And based on your lifestyle, right, you're the only one who knows what your lifestyle is and whether you're going to be spending more or less in retirement. But I think it's a fair assumption that your taxes probably are going to remain pretty consistent. Um, and the way I look at it is your taxes that you're paying right now, how are you relative to somebody who is working? right, is the amount of income that you're taking out in retirement similar to a middle-class person who is working, a middle-class white-collar worker? Because if you're similar to a middle-class white-collar worker, meaning that you're living on somewhere like 100000 to 200000 a year, let's say, so somewhere between seventy-five and $150,000, let us say, if you're living in that range, you're going to be the target for Congress, right? Because they're not going to care whether you're retired or not. What they're going to really be going after is the bulk of the working population, And they're going to be targeting taxes toward those people, and you're going to get swept up in that. Conversely, if you're at the bottom end of the tier and your taxable income is at the federal poverty line because you're taking it out of Roths, because you're taking it out of qualified dividends or qualified interest or capital gains, and you're not, your taxable income on your tax return is below $50,000 a year, 
mm-hmm. then you're probably going to get all the subsidies, right? We talk about being a welfare state. It goes to the bottom tier workers, right? The people who are making the least amount of money. And that's where I want you to be in retirement. I want your tax return to look no different than the person who is managing a McDonald's and is struggling to make ends meet because they're the ones who get all the federal subsidies. They're the ones who the tax code is a wealth transfer system and not a way of paying taxes. And so you really need to do that math and say to yourselves, where am I going to be? And how do I position myself so that I'm in that lower tax bracket? And so when you talk about converting, I I want you to keep a few things in mind, right? We want to be in the lower tax bracket. So when we're in the lower tax bracket, take full advantage of it. When we're in the higher tax bracket, what's the difference between 22 and 24%? Realistically speaking, if we're willing to give up one-fifth of our money to save taxes down the road, then we should be be willing to give up 2% more, right? Go from one-fifth to one-quarter. The math does not change between 20% and 24% or 22% and 24%. If it was the right decision at 22%, it's the right decision at 24%. And then finally, when you look at all that, you then need to say, will I save enough money over time and will it impact my financial security in such a way that I'm comfortable with, right? Given the all the unknowns that I have, and the, really the only way to answer that question is to map it out and see what those numbers look like because I guarantee you, you're going to fall somewhere in the middle. Label is helping us to uh, make some decisions with our Roth conversions. And I know you've talked about it often on this show, Label, about how the biggest threat to retirement is drawdown or the decrease in value of your portfolio. Can you share with us right now about how that relates to the Roth conversion question? And I guess more importantly, how we should be thinking about the hit we might take when doing a Roth conversion. Yeah, so we really, when I, when I think about the financial decisions that we make in retirement, the context I look at it from is by asking these five questions, right? These are what I see as being the five major risks. Risk number one is drawdown, anything that decreases our portfolio value, right? Because at the end of the day, the government says they're going to give us money for Social Security, but we know that behind the scenes, they're pulling the rug out from under us. They're doing everything they can to make that check as small as possible. And we know that they're going to run into funding problems as the retiree population outnumbers the working population, right? It just, that's how it is. It's a legalized uh, Ponzi scheme. So we know that's a problem that's coming down the road, which means that we need to make sure we have as much resources as possible to support ourselves. The other thing we need to keep in mind is the medical science and the cost of care and the cost of living a life of comfort, right? We don't want to be living on the streets. We we don't want to be living as a ward of the state. We want to make sure that we're living with dignity and comfort and to, to our standards. And so that means having resources to be able to pay for life. And so when we look at our resources, they are finite and we need to protect them. And we, the biggest expense that we're going to have in retirement is probably going to be taxes. So we want to make sure to protect against that. But by the same token, it's anything that decreases our portfolio value. So it doesn't matter if it's marked losses, doesn't matter if taxes, doesn't matter if it's paying retail, doesn't matter if it's a sudden and unexpected expense, right? A tree falls on our car and we need to get a new car. We need to make sure that when we're paying for that expense, we're doing it in a way that doesn't upset our long-term financial security, right? And so it may be worth paying, getting a loan and paying interest so that we have that money for the compounding growth over 30 years, whereas a car loan gets paid off in three or four years. 
And so those are, we need to stop playing checkers and start doing calculus, playing three-dimensional chess, because that's really what retirement is. And if we're not willing to do it, the government has an army of statisticians who are doing it. Their entire job is to figure out how to take money from one person's pocket, give it to the federal government, and then slowly dole it out so that, in theory, our country becomes a better place. So as an advisor, how do you walk that narrow path between the people on the left and the people on the right? So for the average investor, how do you help them to navigate how much they should convert with Roth? So the only question that I really think matters is, at the end of the day, how will it impact your lifestyle? And there's and lifestyle is a subjective thing, right? There's a subjective component and objective. So the subjective is I feel safe. I feel secure, right? I feel the fact that I want to make sure that the vast majority of my money isn't taxable in the future, right? I'm worried about taxes in the future. If that's what keeps you up at night, at night then by all means, we need to protect against it. On the same token, I want to make sure that we're not pay- we're not protecting ourselves from the demons under the bed by but sacrificing having a roof over our table and letting very real monsters into our home. So we want to make sure that we're balancing the potential disasters from the actual disasters. And my goal as a financial advisor is to understand what are the things that are important to you and then making sure that we have a financial plan that is sound and protects against the things that we know for certain are going to happen or we have a high probability are and a high probability that are going to happen. And what we look at, and right now, tax time, this is what I'm doing with all of our clients, is we go through and we reevaluate all those decisions. And we say, based on where we are today, based on our assumptions, what do we want to do? And there's no right or wrong answer, but there is, there is, does this make us more financially secure or less financially secure? And if it's something that's neutral, then it's something that that's a decision that we then look at the subjective side and say, it makes us sleep better at night, then let's do it. If it doesn't, if all of a sudden it's te- teetering to the other side and it's making us not sleep at night because we might run out of money, right? Or it's making me as your advisor feel like we might run out of money. That is a conversation that we have because the last thing that we want is to sacrifice one, one security for another. Makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, Label, we have to leave it right there. You've given us a lot to think about. And that's all the time we have left for today. But you can join us next week as we talk about IRMA and how it impacts your Roth conversion strategy. And a reminder, you can visit yieldsforyou.com, classes and information, yields, the number four, the letter U.com. This is Label on Fire. If you would like to see how the Yields for You team can help you get off the Wall Street roller coaster and save you money on taxes so you can live the life of your dreams, book an appointment online at yieldsforyou.com. That's yieldsforyou.com. Or call 410-914-4894. That's 410-914-4894. Yields for You is a registered investment advisor in the state of New York and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always 
to consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. 